What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening to the show, thanks for checking it out. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you'd like to uh, help support this podcast, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes and uh, giving the podcast five stars, clicking write a review, saying a few nice words. And uh, that is super helpful in helping propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts, giving it more national and international visibility, helping strangers find the show. And uh, yeah, it's a free way to help grow the show, contribute to the sustainability of the thing. It only takes a few minutes. Appreciate all the people that have already taken the time to do so. I know we're on the cusp of like 100 reviews. It would be cool to see this thing get over the hump on that, on the 100 mark. But we've got episode 163 coming at you here. Great conversation with uh, some brothers from from New York uh, in a band called Tough Old Bird. So a conversation with Tough Old Bird is uh, is coming at you momentarily. You can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which features a bunch of in-studio performances and uh, live show performances, things of that nature. You can give that a subscribe as well, and then you will know when uh, new, fresh videos hit the feed. And uh, DanCablePresents.com, the central location to find everything going on. And I'm at DanCablePresents on the old Instagram where I'm most active on the social medias. But uh, that's where I try to keep people informed on maybe some shows going on here in Portland, Oregon. Or, or bands traveling through to play like uh, like Tough Old Bird who, uh, who just came through Portland. And... Uh, had a super fun hang with these dudes and then got to see them play after our chat. So that was awesome. But uh, yeah, follow me on, on all the things and I will put all the links in the episode notes so that you can uh, you can follow not only myself, but you can follow Tough Old Bird if you enjoy what you hear in this conversation or enjoy the tunes that are dropped throughout the conversation. All those links will be there. Um, got some great shows, some killer shows coming up here. Um, one of those is on June 1st at the library, actually May 31st at the library. Two great shows that weekend. May 3rd at 31st is, uh, Sam Densmore and Boots Void. That's going down on May 31st, Friday, May 31st. And then the next night at the library on June 1st, we got Meta who I've heard is amazing, and uh, Cave Clove. So a killer weekend of music over at the library. So, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe see what's going on with one of those. Lots of good bands there. 
Sam Densmore and Boots Void are both uh, former former guests of the podcast. But uh, yeah, tons of other great shows lined up for the summer there at uh, at the library. I know we're gonna have Charlie from Stoner Control. He's doing like a singer songwriter night on June fifteenth. I'm really looking forward to that. Love Stoner Control. Uh, that was a super fun hang with those dudes a couple months ago. So go back and check that out if you like that band. But uh, let's see what else is going on. I did my first DJ set out in the in the wild, out in front of people last week, and uh, it was kind of a, a spontaneous thing that happened, and uh, just seemed like a way to to fill fill some space for a, a show that we we needed some some more folks on board for at the library and uh i volunteered myself to uh to uh dj it up in front of some folks that night and i will tell you that uh it was a pretty big game changer and i had so much fucking fun and i was not expecting to have um the experience go like quite like that you know like i knew i was gonna have fun spinning some tunes i thought that i would probably be pretty focused in on trying to make sure that everything was uh coming out correctly because it's the first showing of something like this and i'm not i'm not uh i'm not doing anything crazy you know i'm doing some very simple beat matching here and there to transition out of songs you know, I'm finding some creative ways to fade in and out of things. You know, I'm finding the right cuts and cues, but it's nothing insanely intricate. Intricate um, at this point for me, um, it's it's more about just trying to set the right vibe and play the right tunes for me, and uh, hopefully make those transitions smooth. There was a few hiccups. There was a few hiccups throughout the night. You know, there was a there was one. One time, the major the major mistake was uh, when no music was playing at one point. It only happened for for a couple seconds, but I uh, I definitely grazed a uh, a cue button and uh, just no music was playing at one point. Um, but aside from that, no no uh, no fumbling of the tracks, which was nice. I uh, I think that was one of my bigger concerns, but. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know that I was going to be able to uh, have so much fun. I thought I was going to be pretty focused on on making this thing happen pretty smoothly or as smoothly as uh, I could possibly uh, control. And whatever, I don't know. I feel like what ended up happening was I just kind of had my own like personal dance party on the stage. Like I, I just got really into it and I figured... Hopefully, if I'm into it and and feeling the music, which hope I mean I would hope I would be, I'm the one that that selected these songs, so I'm obviously playing a bunch of jams that I enjoy thoroughly. And I was just trying to let that let people know that you know with uh, with with feeling the jams and and there was people dancing, and I think that's the that's the objective as a DJ is to make people dance, and it seemed like people did that consistent consistently throughout that uh that hour that i was doing it so um i really enjoyed it i appreciate the the folks that came out and and supported that and uh i had some some kind feedback about some things and and it was very encouraging and i am really stoked to maybe pursue this thing a little bit more not you know as as more of uh just maybe 
scheduling some of these, you know, putting some dates on the calendar where I go spin some tunes because I, like I said, I had a blast and um, it was uh, very eye-opening to me to this this whole thing that I didn't know I was going to get that much joy out of. Um, and I found it very similar to doing any other performance that I've done in, in my life. Um, and I, I just didn't know it was going to, I don't know, I didn't know it was going to be like that. And I just walked away from that experience feeling pretty, uh, pretty stoked, you know, and, and just, uh, stoked that I was able to throw something together that people seem to enjoy. And so I know with putting more time into it in the future and a little more dedication to understanding the, uh, the craft of uh, beat matching and transitioning and, and using different filters and really understanding what's happening there that it'll only get better. So I think I'm, uh, we're going we're gonna to do a, a patio set, a little afternoon patio set over there at, um, at Growler's Tap Room where the, the library is located um, sometime in June. And I will keep you posted on the date, but it's going to be just, you know, maybe like a, a little happy hour session, a little 3 to 5 p.m. out there on the patio while people are uh, drinking their beers and, and eating their food from those delicious food carts out there. Free plug for Tight Tacos here in Portland. Really, really get down with the Tight Tacos, and there happens to be one um, on the uh, Growler's Taproom property, which is super convenient. So... Um, I wish they'd stay open a little bit later. I'll tell you that. I wish they were staying open past 9 and 10, especially on these nights when we're having shows because I know that people really want those tacos. I want those tacos at hours that exceed 9 and 10 p.m., that's for sure. But um, the point is I really enjoyed this uh, this DJ experience, and uh, I'm definitely going to definitely gonna get down with more, and I feel like now I'm, I'm listening to music uh, much differently sometimes and and just trying to find i feel like when i'm listening to music or certain types of music now i'm uh i'm really keeping my ear out for oh i wonder what kind of set this would be good for like would this be for the the chill afternoon patio set or is this the the banger for the club you know um so just kind of listening things a little bit differently and, and stacking a lot of different things in my library when I'm hearing them. So I'm just uh, stoked to keep at it and uh, and level up in my experience of that. And I just think it's fun when you find something like that to something new to immerse yourself in is uh, it's pretty wild and it's fun to see uh, what you can kind of create out of it. So. I'm gonna have to get some more. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna have to get some more DJs on the on the show, maybe to uh, to chat about these things. You know, just to maybe I, that'd be probably a really great way to learn learn more about what's going on is to have some more DJs on the on the program. But uh, man, another busy week. Another week is is down and out. We got another episode rolling. I'm super stoked. I'm rolling out to. Sacramento, California area this weekend. This Memorial Day weekend to go uh, celebrate my buddy's wedding. My buddy Kurt, the first of my like childhood friends, is uh, is getting married this weekend, and it's kind of a trip. And 
I'm I'm incredibly pumped just to to hang out with this this particular gang of people. It's always amazing to be around all of them. So I'm fired up for that. I'm trying not to trip out on this uh this best man speech that I gotta gotta make, you know? Cause I don't know. It's like do you make it a roast? Do you roast do you roast your friend in front of not only his family, but his wife's family? It'll be all right. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna roast him heavy. You know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw in a few zingers in there, because you got to take advantage of that opportunity to throw a few, like a couple good zingers in, while you have the mic in front of everybody. Um, I don't know. I'm trying not to trip out on it too hard. I've uh, I've got a few plans. Like I wrote some things. I wrote some things down, and then I wrote some bullet points down. I feel like I've written a lot of things down, and hopefully some of that information is sticking with me. But ultimately, I think I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go for it and uh, review some of this stuff, um, which is hopefully a great move. But uh, I'm trying not to overthink it. But I'm overthinking it, of course. I've I've been overthinking it, and because um, that's what I do. And then the thing is. Uh, the thing is over. After the thing is over, I, I just I don't know why I stressed out about that. It went great. So hopefully it goes great. I'll keep you posted. I'll let you know. I mean it's my first it's my first best man speech. So I feel like here I'm I'm setting the precedent. And um I, I wanna come out strong. I wanna come out strong, but I don't wanna be I don't wanna be way too long. You definitely don't wanna be that person. So I'm trying to keep it short and sweet and let people know that it's like a, a cute and a, it's a, it's really a really uh, adorable relationship that, that Bert and I have together. Kurt, you know, big Kurt out there. You're doing it, man. Anyways, this is getting, speaking of getting long, this, uh, this intro is getting quite long. So uh, let's get into this episode. We got, we got tough old bird from New York on the podcast. This band's great. They play, uh, some some traditional folk music, some very pretty songs, beautiful harmonizing. Um, they're brothers, and uh, I was stoked to kind of like dive into what that dynamic looks like. That's always very intriguing to me when I have siblings or family members on, or maybe couples that make up bands, and and just seeing uh, if there's different boundaries within those bands and whatnot. But these guys are great. They're on tour right now. So if you dig what you hear, please follow their Instagram and then you'll know what cities they're going to. You can find their website through there. I'll put that in the uh, the episode notes as well. But they came through and, and played in Portland in a really amazing set. And um, just really, really nice dudes. And uh, I was stoked that uh, we had the opportunity to hang out before their set and, uh, and, and chat it up a bit. So like I said, if you enjoy what you hear, uh support these dudes go go see them if they're in a, in a city near you in this in this next week while they're uh still kind of cruising the the west coast and whatnot but uh we're gonna get into it man episode 163 don't forget to leave your itunes reviews people very important to helping uh the uh the growth of this this podcast and like i said it only takes a few minutes and uh it's I can't stress the importance of it enough, and uh, 
appreciate everybody tuning in and, and continuing to to check out this podcast as it gets well into uh man the the 160s 160s of uh of the episode marks here and uh i always appreciate any opportunity to be able to kind of spread this thing out outside of the the portland circle of folks and and have the opportunity to talk with some some touring bands and it makes it makes this thing a, a lot of fun to to meet people while they're on their journey and and traveling traveling through and 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 sharing sharing their art with the folks all across the the country and whatnot so here we go we're doing it tough old bird on the podcast episode 163 we are uh we're gonna kick it off with a jam off of their uh where the great beasts are buried ep and uh this is a jam called where i'll be found let's get into it the sun swung down and our hair smelled like the river all the rocks worn down to sand You can explain it any way you want to I won't ever understand
into this thing tough old bird uh let's start with uh the band name where where did you <laughs> i'm just kidding um yeah i'm stoked i'm stoked to have you guys uh on the podcast stoked to have you in town here in portland oregon to uh play a show here while you're out on tour all the way from new york mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i've been diving into the tunes getting familiar seeing what's going on with that and uh yeah i just kind of wanted to figure we start with which some some background on the on the two of you i know you're your brothers we are indeed yeah. um mm-hmm. how many years apart are uh, we, we are five years apart i'm 31 currently and i am 26 and uh did you guys did you guys get along as as kids are you always pretty close? Matt was always taking apart my Legos, <laughs> and I just hated him. No, <laughs> no, I think I think we got along really we well. We always got along um, pretty well. We always like shared a room, shared toys, shared a lot of things. Um, yeah, we were so, forced to be in the same space a lot as a kid, which I think is a good yeah. way to make two children <laughs> tolerate each other's company, <laughs> right? Very well. So and now, as adults, we get along. We're also well like too. the only kids. Okay. Um, so there wasn't like another one as a distraction. So we kind of like spent a lot of time together. Uh, you know, had a lot of the same interests: dinosaurs, Legos, etc. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Um, 
musical family or what? Uh, our dad played guitar and uh, and was a we wrote some songs. He didn't really do it, uh, didn't really pursue it professionally or anything like that. But he was always kind of around the house. He he was playing a lot. Um, tried to teach us both to play guitar a few times when we were younger, but it didn't really take until we had grown up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he kind of played. He was left-handed uh, and played in an open tuning, so it was kind of like hard to translate that to like a little kid mind of yeah. yeah. Trying to he played out. a, a right-handed guitar. Played it upside <laughs> down, <laughs> left-handed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was a very, very much his own kind of style, style, yeah, yeah. and teachings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a lot of music being played around the house. Like aside from dad jamming on the guitar, was there? Were parents playing playing tunes? Yeah, and records absolutely. In the house and um, stuff a lot. Our parents were both, the, and you know, had a huge record collection growing up. Uh, we listened to a lot, a lot of, you know, the classic, the Beatles, um, yeah. the Moody Blues. They were big into the Beatles. Um, yeah, I remember listening to like a John Prine cassette in the car a lot growing up. Uh, a lot of stuff like that. Did did that stuff resonate with? either of you or both of you um at, from a pretty early age or did it take you I a while it, to go back to some of that it it must have although it probably it did take us a while to sort of circle back to it i think yeah i mean i loved all that music growing up it um, wasn't it wasn't like fuck man we got to listen to our parents music no 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 like, no, uh, no, no, no we they were probably like ah oh, fuck we have to listen to country music because that's <laughs> yeah. what we were into we got really into country music when we were exposed to it uh it was always playing on the school bus oh man and man our parents did not like that <laughs> it was driving them crazy yeah. yeah so after we stopped listening to country music once country music stopped being good and then uh kind of got back into more uh you know rock based folk music yeah. uh and went from there yeah yeah talk, I'm, I'm sorry oh go no ahead. go ahead um, um i was just gonna say like talk talk to me about when 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 did you both start picking up instruments yourselves since the the early kind of uh guitar push didn't really take for either of you right i guess it was i started playing the harmonica when i was in college uh and matt started playing guitar around the same time and then yes. i picked up guitar also a little bit later on um, so probably uh, later than a lot of people do, yeah. So in life, but Matt, early high school then. Yeah, I, um, I yeah, it was probably tenth, tenth, eleventh grade. Um, I actually bought like a Mel Bay chord book at a flea market, uh, and just taught myself the important chords. Yeah, uh, and started playing every Johnny Cash and Bob Dylan song I could. Uh, and a lot of like REM songs and stuff like that, trying to like figure stuff out. <laughs> Hell yeah, I love REM. <laughs> yes, <laughs> highly yes, underrated. Uh, yeah. Agreed, man. Those those records are great. And yeah, those those. Uh, have you seen any of like the documentaries that have been done on that band? Um, just like live, live like concert films. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I read this book on them. I picked it up at a like a thrift store called like uh, It Crawled from the South, the REM Companion or something like that. That kind of just traces their mostly their early years. It's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, apparently, we're never gonna see an REM reunion. It from doesn't what I look hear. good. Uh, my, no. <laughs> my friend Raisin, uh, f- 
friend of the podcast. He's in a band called Cedar Teeth, and and he's also a big REM fan. And I'm just like, man, it could happen. And he so he just always tells me like, no, no dude, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's not happening. But they have some killer live records too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I also agree. That's a, like a highly underrated band. But yeah. it seems like uh, they influenced a lot of great bands too. Like I know Radiohead always. Uh, speaks about rem being a big influence to them sure yeah um i think there probably wouldn't be like a decemberists for sure or like a national a lot of bands yeah yeah, absolutely um when you picked up the guitar at that point did Mm -hmm. did it start making sense to you pretty quickly yeah yeah i think it it became something almost immediately that i was like i can invest myself in this for sure um yeah, and I never really questioned that it was like something that I really wanted to to do. Yeah. And for both of you when you picked up like started p- getting into the instruments when you started playing har- harmonica was that just both out of like a deep love for music and wanting to participate in that uh expression in some way? Um I don't know. I yes, but I don't think I gave it that much thought. Um we we were both very visual artists growing up. We did a lot of drawing. Um I went to school for illustration. Um so that was always kind of like what I thought my like main thing was going to be. Um and then as soon as I started writing songs, I found it to be a better vehicle for myself to e- express like uh, through in college and doing visual art, I always found it as a very good way for storytelling, but not necessarily my own. And so I found it easier to express myself musically. Uh, and I think that became more important to me over time. So I put a lot more energy into that. Yeah, I think I, re- I originally just picked up harmonica because I thought like playing an instrument seemed like it would be fun and harmonica seemed like maybe the easiest one <laughs> to, <laughs> to start playing. <laughs> uh, and it was only later on when I got interested in like writing songs that I picked up guitar. I kind of, I, w- I was never like drawn to guitar as a, uh, an instrument really. It was more of a tool. I wanted to be able to write songs and I needed to play something in order to do that. Same. So that's how I started <laughs> playing guitar. Yeah. Um, how far after that, like how how deep was Matt into guitar at that point when you started playing guitar? Uh, he was he was and remains far ahead of me on <laughs> as a guitar player. Uh, when we first started playing together, I was just uh, I played harmonica and I sang. And okay. He played guitar and we did a lot of cover songs at open mics and stuff like that. So you started playing together um, yeah. before mm-hmm. you even started playing guitar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think actually on the first album we recorded. Nate only plays guitar on one song, yeah. and the rest of them are just me on guitar, him on harmonica. Yeah, um, that's on Gambling Days. No, it's actually on an co- album called Never to Return. Oh. You, have to, you have to dig pretty deep, deep, e- deep on the internet to get yeah. to that one. I think it's still on our Bandcamp. Can't if find those on the streaming really, services. Really needs to hear that, but. <laughs> um, so I would imagine, as you know, you're getting deeper into high school. You're you're in college. Um, your age gap is starting to become less of a thing uh-huh. mm-hmm. as you become young adults and whatnot. So when do you start kind of bouncing ideas off of each other creatively or using each other as 
some sort of outlet, even if it wasn't um, playing music together yet? Yeah. Um, it was when I was in college. Right. And when I, I graduated. Yeah. And, and we were sort good of. Good job. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you did it. Thank you. I've been waiting all this time for somebody to congratulate <laughs> me on that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and we were we were living separately, you know, uh, in separate cities for a while, and we were both kind of independently, I think, getting interested in writing songs, mm-hmm. and then realizing that we were both doing it. Yeah, I don't know how it started happening simultaneously. It's kind yeah. of strange. It was like one day I was like, "Hey, I wrote some songs," and Nate was like, "Hey, I was me like, too. yeah, me too." <laughs> nice. And, you know, maybe since we're brothers already. We should maybe collaborate on this a little bit. <laughs> so do you start showing each other the songs that you had been writing then? And yeah, yeah, basically. And I was still, I think at the time, uh, very, very uh, rudimentary in my guitar playing. So sometimes I would write lyrics and send them to him. Or he would write a melody and record it and send it to me. And I would try to write lyrics to it. And that that's kind of how we started. Um, yeah, were, were, your, were your styles similar? Or did you have uh, differences so. there? Yeah, yeah. We, we kind of had a lot of the same taste in music because we'd also like one of us would discover a band and send it to the yeah. other one. Yeah, we were and constantly so we were, sending each other like YouTube videos and yeah. So is during the the, uh, the country times? No, <laughs> post post country. Yeah, yeah, we'd moved on. I've, I've, we haven't entirely moved on from that. It's still. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. Very much a guilty pleasure in both of our lives, but. Like what? What are we talking? Like what? <laughs> like nineties? What? Yeah, nineties like, country. Like Garth big, Brooks, big Alan Jackson guys. Okay, George Strait, yeah. Art right. Black, yeah. Randy Travis. <laughs> okay, yeah, I um, got you. Only afterwards we started going like further back in country and getting yeah. into like Merle Haggard, Hank Williams, and stuff, and being like, "Oh, this is amazing." Yeah, yeah. right. Um, we were just listening to the pop, the pop hits at for the time. sure. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to see what country music has evolved into now mm-hmm. and uh because there is a lot of the uh more of like that outlaw country or the alt country is starting to become like a big totally big thing and i i'm not i'm not a huge country person but um that kind of jason isbell Sergio simpson scene has opened me up to to all this music that yeah. I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't know that i i loved country music mm-hmm. like yeah it's just finding finding the goods i guess mm-hmm. but um yeah there's there's so many great songwriters and kind of alt country artists going today i think a lot of people probably think that they hate country music because what is passed off as country music nowadays isn't yeah. really country music <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um so when when did you guys start to decide that you were just going to start collaborating on on some of these tunes that you had been writing aside from maybe just tossing the lyrics his way or whatever. Um, I don't really remember how exactly that happened. Do you? It just um, kind of... No. Well, it was while well, I was still in college because um, a friend of mine who was a recording major uh, at SUNY Fredonia, where I went, uh, he just like got us three hours of recording time because he needed to record someone cause, as for a grade. Um, and so he got us in there and, and we banged out the 10 songs we had written uh and then i graduated uh and i was like oh well i don't really know what to do with myself now so we might as well take this more seriously right i think i'd been out of college for a couple of years already and hadn't uh 
decided to do anything serious with my life at that point. <laughs> you both still like hovering around where you grew up in New York? Uh, Essentially. Yeah, kind of. I live in Buffalo now, okay. which is maybe an hour, hour and a half from where we grew up. Um, Matt's still living a little closer to home. Yeah, I still, I still live close to home because we were living together for a while up until about a year ago, and then we were going to go on tour for like two months, and we just decided like we don't want to pay rent for this, so I yeah. moved home, Nate moved to Buffalo, uh, and yeah, it's been a lot cheaper. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you don't have rent, it gives to pay a lot, while you're a lot gone. more freedom, so we can spend even more time working on stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when did when did you start kind of playing out a lot and and sharing with people that you're playing these tunes and? Mm-hmm. Um, we started doing open mics. Um, there was one every Wednesday in Wellsville, New York. Um, and we were doing that actually before we even started writing our own stuff. We would just go down there and play covers. Yeah, way back. Um, and which I think was like the most valuable thing we could have done because we learned so much about like how to perform, what goes into being on stage, Mm -hmm. uh, even just the aspects of like how stages work, like what speakers are, like all this stuff of like how to be a musician. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so we kind of figured all that out in front of people, uh, which I think was like invaluable for us. Sure. Yeah, especially having to do like those quick changeover kind of for like an open mic. There's not like a whole lot of room for making, uh-huh. thi- making sure things sound good. Right. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you're playing in, in a room that doesn't sound good or Absolutely. you can't hear anything. So I think if you can get get good in that area or get mm-hmm. comfortable in that, then that's that's setting you up for yeah for good things because it's it's hopefully usually a a little bit more of a stress-free situation when you show up to like a regular venue if there's like a at least a line check you know yeah ideally (laughs) (laughs) um and then and then you just start like from from the open mic scene like how many how many times have you done something like this where you've gone on the road or or um we've been going on the road for like three or four years yeah and doing bigger tours they see they seem to be getting longer and longer uh so we've been doing kind of like long month long ones like twice a year uh for about three years with shorter ones interspersed yeah i know the first time we went out for like a long weekend and we were like man we were on tour right right it was like for three three days days in ohio or something yeah it's so fun though (laughs) it was a blast yeah Yeah. so it is did you kind of just start like what was the decision to be like all right we're doing this thing here in new york we're we're like recording some music um but like what is that decision to want to branch it out of there and, and kind of take those next steps into exploring what it's like to play outside of where you come from. And um, it's kind of hard to it say. It kind of just felt inevitable. Like this is just what we wanted to do. So we are going to yeah figure out a way to do it. It was like every time we figured out what the next step was, even from like doing an open mic, uh, we just, found our way to the next so it was like oh that's the next step we yeah. have to get there and then we'd spent maybe we spent maybe a year just playing local shows in kind of the western new york area and then it was like well going on tour is a thing that bands do maybe we should try to do that yeah how do and, how and, does that how do they yeah. do that and then like 
how it started out with doing like three days and then we're like oh maybe we can stretch it to a week yeah. and like go a little farther and well and you have so many like major cities on the east coast absolutely in such a tight space up there mm -hmm. it seems like there's a lot of opportunity maybe to yeah to tour pretty heavy on the east coast there is yeah within and like a short amount of time yeah and on the the a couple of occasions that we've come out west we were always kind of surprised by the distances <laughs> between places well yeah you could spend you could spend seven days playing california right yeah <laughs> you know there's just yeah. so much ground to cover there and i mean seattle to portland's not bad you know three mm -hmm. hours but yeah but still it's mm. uh took us a long time to get across montana on this trip <laughs> i bet i haven't made i haven't made that drive yeah. but but you've done the this is not the first time out to the west coast that's our second time okay yeah mm. um what would you say draws you into to playing with one another like aside from the the brother bond the family bonds um like what is it about each other's sensibilities as artists that you that draws you into one another um uh i i don't know i think nate writes good songs <laughs> oh shocks i mean it's like i know that's, maybe that's kind of like silly to say but like nate's a good songwriter and i really enjoy playing his songs i, I like know. i like your songs too man oh, thank you well i'd hope that <laughs> like that, that's not like cheesy to yeah. say like i hope that you're yeah. in a band with somebody you enjoy <laughs> their songwriting <laughs> you know yeah I mean, we definitely have developed kind of a shorthand on stage. We know, like, we can kind of talk or communicate with each other without having to, to yeah. talk, which is an important thing to be able to do, I think. Um, we have similar musical sort of backgrounds, so we kind of, if one of us leans in a particular direction while we're playing, the other can kind of know where that's going and, and follow it. Mm -hmm. um, we, I don't know, we kind of have... People always say that, like... Uh you know, siblings have like very good harmony, uh, which is something that we've worked on a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, we get absolutely. That, we get told that quite often that it's like, oh, you're si like people don't know that we look, we don't look alike at all, but people are always like, oh, you feel like siblings on stage, right? Uh, they must be able to just some. There's quality. that vibe, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's always intriguing to me as an like an audience or an observer of, of that going on with uh, siblings amongst bands. It always does seem like mm -hmm. there's, there's just uh, this little bit of extra dynamic between yeah. that, that chemistry seems to just <laughs> I've been told be a, different. I've been told a couple of times by people in audiences after shows that like they, they would say like, I knew you guys were either brothers or you were like a couple. <laughs> I could tell one of the two. <laughs> um, it's like, that's well, a pretty like, broad spectrum. Brothers, that's the <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. it's uh it's brothers. Well, uh, let's let's uh let's jump into a jam off of uh where the great beasts are buried. Cool. This is uh, a song called "The Fisherman," which I enjoy quite a bit. It's uh I don't know. It's definitely the one of those first tunes that grabbed me out of the catalog. And oh, cool. Really enjoyed. Um, the music and and all the lyrics across the board you know it's just the songwriting is uh is very cool awesome and Thank i you. appreciate it quite a bit um is there any anything to lead us into this this fisherman doesn't necess necessarily have to be like the backstory for the song <laughs> if you don't want to it's good because there isn't much <laughs> but uh well i know that when I first heard this song, I was just like, holy shit because <laughs> 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 Nate just brought it to me as this like complete thing and I was like 
I, man, where did that come from? That you know, it's a very, very like lyrically dense, yeah. like imagery rich. It was definitely thing. one of those rare ones that just sort of fell like it, it just kind of fell into my lap, almost fully formed. Like I was uh, struggling to to make sure I got it all down before I forgot it. It, it came about so quickly, so. That doesn't happen every day, so I've always kind of liked it be- for that reason. Yeah, and that's yeah. killer, man. Like, I love I love to hear those stories where it just, like, kind of blows the other person involved in the project away mm-hmm. like when the song is brought in. And uh, I would imagine that that is inspiring to you, too, to be like, man, I need to I need to bring something <laughs> to this yeah. this level, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> But, yeah, let's uh, let's jump into this one. This is this is a uh, fisherman. Yeah. Hey. 
I washed it down with water and I felt alright. I've taken so much more than I ever could pay back. Just the dogs and me were gonna rest here tonight. A storm is rising on the plains. You can almost taste the rain. Yes, I got your letter and I surely to Nate's imagery and his use of that and that, that mm-hmm. fisherman song and I think that's that's something that like stood out to me across the board of listening to these tunes both of you just seem like you're very good um, storytellers and I think when I'm listening to most of the songs I get a lot of a lot of visuals mm. of like what mm-hmm. what that song looks like to me or what that environment is that, that you're creating um, yeah where, where do you think that comes from from I mean it may be the, uh, the fact that we both were sort of visual artists before we were musicians uh, mm-hmm. we both were into sort of drawing and painting and things like that at different times so that might just be how our you know how our minds work a little bit yeah I think so um, and I think it for me uh, it comes from and it probably it works for Nate too but growing up in a very rural area um, we were both very encouraged to go outside and be creative and be uh, inquisitive and like explore a lot. Um, yeah. And so a lot of that experience and imagery um, for me kind of like mirrors personal, uh, I don't want to say problems, but like personal things that I need to write about. So you do I have a lot of personal lot problems. Of <laughs> Um, so I feel like using those imagery, that imagery to represent things that are going on for me is very useful and makes a stronger song and makes it more open-ended. So like you couldn't listen to it and be like, oh, that's what Matt's singing about. It could be the, any broad number of things. Yeah. Just to to give it that mystery Mm. and whatnot. Um, yeah. And as far as the instrumentation on the records there's a lot there um is that is that all both of you you both play a bunch of different instruments at this point now since since starting i'm i'm i, st- I stick with the guitar and the harmonica matt plays a whole yeah uh, i usually pile start, of instruments start <laughs> wandering around on arrangements after a while yeah. and seeing what i can stick on there um i know on where the great beasts are buried um i played it was the this that's the only release we've done so far where I 
had recently started playing banjo. Um, so that's kind of like more prominently featured on that album because I found both of us playing acoustic guitars could kind of get repetitive after a while. So I was like, I need to start doing something else to just vary up the instrumentation. Um, so I started doing more banjo and accordion, um, playing a little bit more percussion. And do you, do you, uh, do you guys participate like in the production as far as like engineering stuff as well? Yeah, that that uh that EP uh we recorded it at home. Uh and so we mm -hmm. kind of forced ourselves into the position of having to do just about everything ourselves on it except for the mixing which we brought into a studio and had a friend of ours help us with, but uh the actual recording process was we did that uh partly in our, in our kitchen and partly in like a shed behind our mom's house. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um and as far as when you guys are making a record and you know, layering some stuff up. Do, is it always considered of what are we capable of pulling off just the two of us in that room when we're playing live? Not necessarily. Yeah. Um, That's maybe at first up until where the great beasts are buried. I think we had that in our minds. Um, but we actually just this past winter recorded a new album where we kind of like moved away from that idea and we were like, well, we should, use the recording process as much as we can and then try to figure out how to play the songs as a duo later. Um, so there's a lot more exploration. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that album hasn't come out yet, but we're still, even on this tour, we've just been trying to figure out and how the hell are we going to play these <laughs> songs? Play just the, the songs. two of us. We have, you know, uh, you know, drums and bass and keyboards and all kinds of other things on it. Do you think that makes it fun too, though, like to just keep those songs fresh after like going through the recording process with them and having the writing process and now now kind of bringing them to the live show? You got to figure out how to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, yeah, it also it like you come up with new things that aren't even on that. Like, uh, there's a song on the new album called "Lake Erie Come Home" that is a fairly large song on the album uh, and with the way we've been doing it live is kind of like guitar and banjo um, and it has a different feel it's like mm -hmm. a you know it's a different version of the same song um, and it's a I've had a blast playing it like that yeah yeah and as far as the actual uh, the songwriting process is a, is a lot of that done collaboratively or is it usually one of you kind of bringing a pretty uh well-structured thing to the other and, and the other kind of just adding flavor to it? Um, it's usually exactly that. One of us will get a song to a point where it's like maybe 97% done and then bring it to the other. And then the other one will, uh, you know, say what they think is wrong with it <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe tweak a few things and then we'll work on the arrangement of it together. Has there has there ever been a, a jam where you decided the other would sound better singing like a lead vocal or anything like that? Uh, yes. Yeah, a couple times. There's one on the new album that that you wrote, and I ended up singing. Which one's that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, and there's actually there's two because there's the one there's one that we both ended up singing verses on. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, and then there's one oh, that I just cool. kind of gave to Nate, and I just handled harmonies. Nice. Because uh, I just felt like his voice suited the tone better yeah and nate's man. a bit more gravelly and i have kind of like a higher register cleaner voice it's it's cool because it's um i don't know it's not in any way like 
jarring when it jumps from one singer to the other on the records. Like I think it's very seamless, and you, and a lot of times you can't. It's a it's a small variation. Oh, that's good to know. To me, when yeah. I'm listening to it anyway, mm. but I uh, I think it's very cool when you're um, when you're about serving the song that much that you're like willing to just kind of <laughs> let it go and and be like, you know what, somebody else should sing the the lead on this. Mm. Yeah, you know? I think that's uh, that that takes down like another boundary within mm. the collaboration process when that that happens if it needs to happen uh-huh. yeah yeah i don't know if that's like as brothers do you feel like your creative boundaries are more explorable because you're not afraid to piss each other <laughs> off or like just just to be able to be 100 percent honest with each other like do you feel like it works that way yeah i think it does yeah yeah um I don't think either of us is too worried about hurting the other one's feelings if we have a criticism. Right, yeah, if, a, if know, there's something constructive. That, right, not to just be, like, pointing out the things that we, that we think is wrong. Yeah, with I mean, we try not to just be dicks to each other. <laughs> yeah, right, I understand. <laughs> but I feel like uh, like we're both very open to the other one helping in, you know, yeah. positive or negative with a song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like if I have a song and Matt has, you know, thinks that something needs work or could be better, I, you know, I know that he knows what songs are about, so I trust yeah. that <laughs> instinct. Yeah, and we're both also very self-critical. Uh, I think yeah. we both like high, hold ourselves to high standards, and that might be why we finish songs before we even like <laughs> give them to each other because yeah. we're like, I'm not going to sing something that I don't think is good. Sure. Yeah. You know? Just probably also why you work well together mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think it's, I think it's cool when you have that dynamic and and maybe you can dig a little deeper and it's not just because uh, obviously when you get in a band with people, I mean, hopefully it's people you're willing to be vulnerable around, but mm-hmm. there still might be a little bit of hold back from what you might criticize about somebody. Yeah, and right. Maybe as as family, you can kind of get past that a little bit and just because you know each other so well and realize that both of you have positive intentions for, for the songs mm. and whatnot and yeah, obviously absolutely. value each other's feedback or you wouldn't be doing this together probably. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know where I was going to go from there, but it was going to be <laughs> you great. got to a good place, I, I think, yeah. Um, yeah, talk to me about the, the new record that's going to come out. Like, what what is... Uh, what kind of changed for you guys during the process of putting this batch of tunes together, if if anything? Um, well, it's sort of um, it's called the uh, the album is called the Old Great Lakes, and it's um, songs that we sort of some of them are brand new, but some of them are songs that we'd kind of been hanging on to for a while and could have recorded on previous albums if we'd wanted to, but didn't feel like they belonged on those those albums. They seemed like the beginning of some new project that we hadn't written enough songs yet to do and they're a sort of um if a lot of our songs tend to be very like rural and folky these are more like city songs they have a lot to do with sort of the rust belt region that we come from the great lakes and cities like buffalo and rochester Um, yeah so they have a, a a common environment that they take place in that i think is different than anything that we've sort of written about before which obviously is going to just affect the entire vibe because just I don't know. Going back to what Matt said, you both grew up in a very uh, 
nature yeah, totally. like lots of nature around mm-hmm. so i would yeah. imagine for both of you uh environment has a lot of effect on your your songwriting is that yeah i think that's absolutely mm-hmm. true for sure and and do you like to kind of cruise out to places with the intention of writing songs is that something that happens what do you mean as far as like oh, i'm gonna go you know spend the weekend in the woods oh and, gotcha and, uh, okay. write some tunes out here I don't, mm. I don't think I've ever really approached I, it that yeah. way. I've Although. never really like been like, I'm going to go somewhere and write. I just, it just happens yeah. wherever I am. Sometimes it doesn't happen at all wherever I am. And then <laughs> sometimes it does. You just have to be all right with that. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate, you were talking about earlier, like when you were just doing harmonica stuff and, and just kind of like writing lyrics. Mm-hmm. How how has your songwriting changed since you started playing guitar? Like, is it are you still writing lyrics kind of separately, or is um, it more of like a fluid process where you're just kind of humming along with the guitar now? They, I tend to write music and lyrics at about the same time nowadays. Sometimes it'll start with a maybe one line or something like that, and then I'll try to find the melody for it. And then once I have an idea of what it should sound like melodically, I'll work on more lyrics. So they kind of they kind of both happen at the same time. Um, playing an instrument definitely helps to write songs. I recommend it for, <laughs> for well, anybody. Yeah. yeah, I I asked because um, a long time ago I played in a band, but I was just the singer of this band, and I would write lyrics uh-huh. you know, like pretty separately hmm. from everything because I wasn't playing an instrument. Like we weren't playing songs i had written yeah so everything was you know written after kind of the music was already there mm-hmm. for the most part but since then in picking up a guitar and learning how to play basic chords so that i could play songs that i wanted to or yeah. write songs or whatever like that was just such a a big game changer for me so i was just kind of mm-hmm. curious how that affected your your writing or yeah. if it if it helped you no, it, it helps for sure. I used to, I feel like I used to do this thing all the time where I would like I would get a song stuck in my head like a like a, an existing established song by someone who I like and I would start writing my own lyrics to it. Dude, this is this is my life. And then I would <laughs> yeah, so I would write my own lyrics to some other song that exists and right. then I would send those lyrics to Matt and have him come up with music for it so that it wouldn't be, you know, just Same straight song. plagiarism. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> um and uh, nowadays I don't have to do that so much because I'm able to actually play an instrument to come up yeah, with music of my own. For sure. But yeah, that was my songwriting uh, tactic for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys bounce like lyrics back and forth to each other? Like when you, if you're struggling with something, just be like, "Hey, Matt, like I can't figure out this last line." And you guys get down like that? Yeah, that's happened a few times. Yeah. Um, Usually yeah. I just keep it locked up inside until I find a way to <laughs> crack it. But yeah, sometimes. No, I, I think it happens once in a while. More often, it, we could try to figure it out ourselves. But yeah, that that happens. Right on. How, uh, how fucking cool is it that you guys get to do this together? Like, and, and that you're actually, you know, cruise, doing these, ru- these, these long road runs and whatnot and kind of sharing this experience as brothers. It can be and pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's a, it's uh, a, an exhausting and very fun thing to do, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not all like glamour and roses or anything. But understood. It's, uh, we 
try not to lose sight of that it's a, a pretty unique thing mm-hmm. that I mean we were talking to someone yesterday who was kind of like um yeah I have a friend who's like never traveled and it's kind of like oh yeah it's possible <laughs> you can go do this you know it's like yeah you can get out there it's also also possible that you can just stay in the same place the entire your entire <laughs> life yeah. some people mm-hmm. just don't go outside that circle but yeah yeah i definitely try to like keep in mind and appreciate how how special that is to be able to do that well it's also cool too because i think it's uh it's always a, a difficult thing to necessarily like explain in detail what it's like to go out on some of these tours that that you're doing mm-hmm. so like you don't have to explain it to each other like you mm-hmm. get to just like have it together and experience it together so i yeah. think that's very cool rather than like having to go home and be like dude i went on this cool tour and uh-huh. like all this crazy shit happened and <laughs> i have all these dumb inside jokes now that no one else is gonna understand yeah yeah whenever i get asked when when i get back home like how it was how was tour and i'm always just like I don't know. We played a lot of shows. Like, I don't know what to say about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I feel like it's easier to make people feel bad for you because you can just be like, well, I slept at a lot of Walmarts. Oh, yeah. And like, <laughs> <laughs> Crashing our, in the car a car lot. car broke down in Kansas. Yeah. And, uh, but, like, it's hard to capture the the special parts of it. And yeah. explain that. Yeah. Like the load-ins. <laughs> yeah, that's what outs. it's all about, that's, isn't it? That's what yeah, you live for, the, right? Mm. At the end of the night, <laughs> love hunting, carrying that gear around, hunting down the person that, that <laughs> needs to give you money. Yeah, yeah. Like, we got to get out of here, man. <laughs> we don't have time for this. I have this. Uh, I have this book, this like photo book um, by Neil Cassell from Ryan Adams and the Cardinals, uh, and in that he's just kind of like touring is waiting. You're waiting before your show, and then you're driving around, and then you're gonna wait for the next one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of waiting. <laughs> You guys enjoy the driving part at all? Yeah, actually, I do quite enjoy driving. Um, yeah, you guys just kind of so constantly like it's a lot of just fucking passing music back and forth to each other while you're out there. Yeah, I mean, we rotate. One of us will drive, and the other one will man the iPod or okay. <laughs> the CD player when the iPod dies. That kind of thing. Get into some podcasts too, or is it just all music out I've there? I've never been a big podcast it's person. All, yeah, but I've thought about doing that more recently. I think we need something new to listen to, and I want to start mm. downloading some podcasts. Yeah, I don't know. To put on the phone. Sometimes it's a good way to crush a few hours in the car that, that yeah. makes it a little little different, mm-hmm. I guess. But you just got to, there's so many different podcasts that like you just got to find the, the type of shit, I guess, right. like, mm-hmm. that yeah. you want to dive into. But um, maybe for the next tour do some podcast listening mm-hmm. <laughs> just a lot of road trip games we could just then. Po- yeah. do some podcast recording <laughs> yeah in the car just like six hours a day of us eating checks mix and swearing at other cars <laughs> <laughs> you guys like you do you work on new tunes at all while you're cruising like super long hours i have a, i have a pretty hard time working on songs when we're touring i yeah. have like a like a a memo thing in my phone that's just loaded with like uh, sentences and things that I come up with but finishing a finished song on the road hardly ever happens for me yeah I think for yeah touring and writing are just two such separate uh, mental modes to put yourself in that I've never been able to do both at the same time (laughs) (laughs) right on well uh, I appreciate you guys' time thanks for thanks for for coming through and um, I encourage people to check out 
all the music that's available. I'll put all the links in the uh, the episode notes so people can like follow your Instagram and all the cool. the website links and whatnot so they can find the new record. What what date does it drop again? When um, it? June twenty uh, eighth. That's right. Is that the correct date? Mm-hmm. June twenty cool. eighth, and we're gonna play it out with uh, with Harbor Song, which right. is off of that record, the uh, the first single off of that yeah that record mm-hmm. and um first song we've ever uh, recorded that uh, has trumpet on it that's it sounds like, cool that's right yeah it, mm-hmm. i don't know it definitely this is probably this might be my favorite song in your uh your catalog at this oh, point that, that's um, sweet that's good to know cause there's so many tunes yeah. though that I, that i dug and that's something i meant to mention like sometimes throughout this this conversation like mm-hmm. as far as like a couple specific tunes like that that river iron i ohio song is mm. is awesome thank you That's that uh that one's actually i thought of this uh while you were playing fisherman earlier but uh i wrote that song because i said like nate brought me fisherman and i was like holy shit so i was like well i gotta write a really big song now. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so i wrote river iron ohio that's, uh <laughs> yeah that's my favorite song on that record yeah. thank Definitely you some sure. healthy competition that spawns <laughs> some really good songs i think but yeah just lots of great tunes and on on gambling days i i enjoyed that one quite a bit too mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of solid jams on there um that first song on on gambling days what is spring that? come again yeah um do you guys know who dustin kensrew is no, I don't. He's the lead singer of this band called Thrice. I and don't know. uh he put out a couple solo records um throughout his um the last fifteen years or so. But he's got this song called Blood and Wine and it sounds like very similar. It has a similar vibe to that first jam and I was mm. just like, Oh, this is cool. This is <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna send you guys that yeah, song I'll have to just check so you can out. hear it. But uh yeah. Just across the board, killer jams. Uh appreciate cool. the uh the hanging Thank you. Just kind of sharing, for sharing where you all come from and, and uh, kind of the dynamic behind it and whatnot. But uh, we end every episode of the podcast with the, the guest saying the uh, the tagline for the show, which is, it's a program. So if we get the tough old bird, it's a program, we can, uh, we can properly end this thing. Right, you want to say it together? Uh, okay. It's a program? It's a program. Yeah, absolutely. Three, two, one. It's, it's a, a program. program. That's tough old bird, everybody. They nailed it. Uh, check out their records and uh, support them while they're out and about. Um, how much longer are you guys on this tour run? We got like a week and a half, half to go, I think. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll appoint people to the dates then. Yeah. I know we'll some have, people listen outside of the, the Northwest, and this is going to come out this Friday. We'll have some more dates coming up this fall and winter, too. Perfect. Oh, yeah making moves uh that's it everybody we're playing out with uh with harbor song off of the uh the upcoming record and that is the jelly jams we will catch you on the flip side portland
It's, it's a, a program. program.